What's up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where we hear real stories from real men living real lives. I'm your guide, Ned Shout. Fatherhood is not only about being a dad. It incorporates providing and serving a home, loving and serving a spouse, and engaging and serving in a community, as well as intentionally serving your kiddos. Fatherhood is an adventure, one full of fun, wild, and definitely messy stories. In this podcast, we will hear stories from real men who have found themselves living the adventure of fatherhood. This was an incredible conversation with Shane Grammer. He is an amazing, amazing artist. But what I love is how transparent and open he got about loving his wife, loving his daughters, and really the value and importance that he puts on him loving his wife well in front of his daughter so they know what a healthy marriage is supposed to look like. He opens up and is vulnerable with hey, I needed to self-reflect on some stuff so that I could grow and be the best man for my family, which is what all of us need to do. If you like the episode, please share it. Please write a review. Uh, It helps when people search fatherhood that they will stumble upon this. And our hope is that men would really embrace their role as fathers because we all know the world is in desperate need of good fathers and good leaders. Enjoy this conversation with my friend Shane. All right, here we go. Another episode of Fatherhood Field Notes, and I'm super pumped to be hanging out with Shane Grammer. What's up, Shane? Hey, what's up, my friend? Good to talk. Dude, it's so good. Yeah, it's so good to see you. It's been a while. It's fun watching all your stuff. I'm excited to talk with you because you are always making me laugh. So real quick, Shane Grammer, which we're going to get into in a second, We've probably known each other for 10, 12 years, met through our friend Cameron. We've done a few projects together. Um, You are an artist and have created some great pieces around uh, some of the issues in Cambodia with child sex trafficking. And you and I actually made some shirts and stuff together, gosh, probably eight years ago. Yeah. And you went to, so I went to Cambodia and learned about all the issues. And then I think right around that time you had gone too. Yeah, I went in 2010. 2010. Yeah, dang, that's 10 years ago. It is. It's crazy. It's crazy. Okay, so on one one end, you know, you got this beautiful art and uh, super creative guy. And then, little fun story is uh, one time I was at the mall walking with three of my children who are probably all under eight years old. And someone grabbed my butt while I'm walking through the mall. And I turned to my kids and I said, somebody just grabbed my butt. And they said, I don't know, dad. And I looked down and I just see a tall man walking away from me with two girls hands he's holding two girls hands and i'm like dude that guy grabbed my butt i know it and and then i'm like so i I didn't know what to do i didn't know what to do and then and then i look like i triple look you know i look and then i look again and then i see your your head turn around smiling at me oh my gosh it got me so good so funny i remember that day that was on the second level of the uh, galleria mall that's right that is right man must have been a special moment for you if you remembered I just remember thinking, man, he must work out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right. So for people to get to know you a little bit, I'm going to rapid fire some questions. How old are you today? Oh, it sucks to say this, but I'm 48. 48, dude. And you're doing it. You're living your dreams. How long have you been married? Uh, We next week, my wife and I celebrate 15 year anniversary. Heck yeah, man. That's awesome. Congratulations. And how many kids do you guys have? We have three beautiful girls. We have a 13-year-old, a 10-year-old, and an 8-year-old. 
Man, you're in the thick of it, huh? Just like me. Oh, think yeah. of it with the with the girls. All right. Um, now let's dig into a little bit. What do you do for a living to provide for your family? Okay, we've got into a little bit, but you give your, this is what I do. Yeah, I have a pretty extensive background. And um, most, uh, a lot of years, I call it, uh, I was in a theme park themed in industry and they call it scenic work. So a lot of my experience is design fabrication of what you see in major theme parks and attractions all over the world. Um, I, I work for uh, Disney Imagineering. Um, so I know how to carve rock, hu- build huge trees. I've worked with large teams um, that are a mixture of very creative people, but also people that are workers, just know how to steal, uh, weld steel, cut, you know, major fabrication, construction type of stuff. Because a lot of you build a thirty-foot sculpture for a theme park, it, it's a major deal. Uh, so that yeah. that's my a lot of my history. But I love street art, graffiti, uh, art installations, the contemporary art market. Which in my later years, that's where I'm moving uh, towards more. Okay, okay. And what got you into art originally? Yeah, I've always loved artwork. I I started being really creative in elementary school. I was kind of a strange kid that, um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't something I set out to pursue. But (laughs) oh, that's funny. Um, If I was just in that room with you right now, I'd give you a big hug, (laughs) a COVID hug. Uh, So uh, I I just like there'd be a. a project in class, you know, like the very first one I did, I was in fourth grade. They wanted us to make these African masks and most kids, you know, did paper cutouts and some paint. I went home and worked for a week. I made this six foot mask that had straw. So I would go really crazy on projects like that. Uh, I really started to pursue artwork in high school. That's when I was taking classes and then graffiti is what really launched me into mm. wanting to pursue artwork for a living. So were you doing illegal graffiti for a while? No, you know, I've always been a Christian, so I knew I was I was too scared to do it anyways. My dad would pound yeah, me. Yeah. Um, you know, but I I I grew up in a small town called Chico. Chico's a college town. And um, I went to Butte College for about a semester. I only lasted a semester and a half in junior college. But what I got out of it was a, a friend of mine was watching this documentary on New York graffiti art called Style Wars. And uh, man, just blew me away. I had no idea, but that color, large scale, mm. uh, I do that. And so I just started That's asking cool. everybody. I, I even practiced graffiti in a beekeeping company in Durham, California, which you know, I don't even know if it's on the map, but uh, I was doing everything I could to practice that art form. Hmm, that's cool. That's really cool. I want to get into asking about some of the projects you've worked on recently as it, re- you know, as it relates to being a dad as well. But before I do that, a couple last questions. Um, as a father, what has been the best resource to you? So at any of the stages that you've had your kids, you know, what's been resources, book, mentor, whatever. Yeah, I I think it's for me, I 
one of the books that I was listening to, and really I was listening to it for um, business reasons, was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm. What really struck me, and this is before I had kids, okay, was his whole relationship with his dad. He really didn't have this relationship with his father, his personal, his blood father that, um, that kind of geared him towards building a business, being an entrepreneur or anything like that. His dad was a teacher, an academic. Um, but his friend was what she, he, so he called his dad a poor dad, but his rich dad was his friend's dad, who was an entrepreneur, who would strategically bring his own son and his friend into board meetings, into meetings with bankers, financial people, uh, contractors, things like that. So they would learn um, how to not to not be afraid to be in the room with right. wigs, you know, you know, yeah. a list people, people that are making things are you know, getting it done. So it's stuff like that. It, stuff like that will really capture me big time. And it's also a lot of friends that I have, uh, you know, like guys like you, you know, I see on social media people that are always doing some uh, things with their kids, spending time with their wife and their families making it a priority to make it uh, seem like they are priority over everything else. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, you kind of mentioned it with the rich dad, poor dad, but it seems as though you take your girls with you um, on some of your projects. So it seems like is that that kind of influenced you to do that? Yeah. in my own upbringing, uh, you know, I, my dad and I, my dad will, my dad's my stepdad, but he's been there since I was two. My real dad okay. died from a heroin overdose. So I never met wow. him. Um, I heard he was a good guy. He just had some serious issues with drugs and it, and, uh, it got him. I think he passed away when I was around five years old. Mm. And my stepdad came in and he was a raging alcoholic. So it took a lot of years. My mom got saved. She became a Christian. Then my dad became a Christian. And that started to uh, really help our family, but I didn't have a really close relationship with my own with my dad. And then that my mom and dad had my younger brother, and my younger brother, what I felt like became his new beginning. Mm. So I felt like I didn't really have intimacy inside the home system. I found intimacy outside of the home with friends staying over with families, things like that. So I, I'm, I know I'm kind of giving a long story, but it makes sense. No, not at all. This is, I mean, this is real life stuff. Yeah. And, and I can articulate this because I spent a lot of time in prof professional counseling because I wanted to clean out my insides. I felt like I had some issues that um, I want to be successful uh, with yeah. family, uh, with my marriage and, and with my business. And so in, in what I've learned is what I've noticed from other families and friends of mine that are entrepreneurs, it always seems like they had a great relationship with their parents and their parents gave them the opportunity to learn, to take lead, to make decisions. And they end up being 17 years old and they've got ideas. They have a plan. They know what they want in life and they seem to have, uh, they're not worried to be in front of men or women of authority. Yeah. I was yeah. like this little scared person, you know, and scared to have uh, uh, confrontation or scared to be with the leader or the coach. And, it, and I see where it affected a lot of decisions in my life 
growing up. And that will not happen with my daughters. Man, that's incredible. So when did you go and kind of do this deep dive with counseling and self-reflection? Were you a dad already? Was it before you were a dad? No, thank God I was not married, never been married, or or was a father. Um, I've always been pretty busy with I, I both doing my artwork and doing ministry at different yeah. stages of my life. But I and I and I'm being I'm gonna be very transparent because I like it when I hear podcasts of people being very transparent. Right. Um, I six months into my counseling, uh, there was so much breakthrough where I was free and, and just getting super free, understanding what was making me tick, what was holding me back, that I I swear that God gave me my wife. Wow. Because I was ready to actually, I was mature enough to actually have a wife and to start moving forward in that in a relationship where I could be healthy enough. Man, that's powerful. I think so much of the times we kind of shy away from, from um, counseling or whatever. And it's just, man, when you talk to people who are, who a lot of successful people and they share, you know, getting through the, the thick of things and that it was so powerful for them. And so I think at any stage that, you know, anybody listening, it's like, go get it. Life is worth it. Go do it. Absolutely. Mm. You know, there's, yeah, I want everything I can get in this life and I don't want my own issues uh, stopping me from doing that. Yeah. And a lot of it's generational too. I don't want to dump that on my kids. I don't want to, I don't want to favor one of my girls over the others. And I don't want to be so focused on, because my business that provides for my family is also my passion and it can really become my identity. Yeah. I, and I've, you know, so it's, it's that constant balance of, okay, I need to chill here. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So before I want to ask this, okay. So if I look at your social media, the last year, you know, you just put up something, um, for George Floyd, a painting for George Floyd, you did a, a painting for Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Um, and you did a lot of paintings for the Paradise Fires. So two questions around that. One, did you bring any of your girls with you on any of those? This is question one. Uh, on those specific projects, Kobe, uh, there was a lot of unrest still in L.A., so I wasn't sure. So I didn't bring my daughters on okay. the George Floyd. Um, and I wanted to bring my daughters on some of the Paradise, but my wife was like, Heck no, because a little dangerous out there, huh? Toxic. There was a lot of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very emotional. Yeah, it was heavy, man. This stuff was just gorgeous. Okay. So then my second question to that is, do you get pushback on uh, like, for example, on any of those three? Do you get any kind of pushback either from artists or community or whatever? Because I know your heart isn't this is a marketing opportunity. It's yeah. like you, you care, you care and you have a gift. So let's honor people with my gift. Yeah. So I have, uh, when I did the paradise work, I received international media attention and wow. I was on CNN, uh, LA time. I was on the cover of the LA times. I was on the New York times, Washington post, 
National Geographic. Uh, I mean, I could just go on. Dude, I didn't know the National Geographic. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, NBC did a Sunday morning show. And what what I learned out of that project was there's – and I, I'd like to go back too, but I'll keep going answer this question. But the, the media – kind of forced me to be able to communicate that I've been kind of doing this type of work since I was in high school. Right. Mural was in uh, Mexico in a, in an old building that no one would ever see uh, before social media. I've done murals in, in a church in Peru, uh, Brazil, uh, the Cambodia where girls are sold down to five years old and they're in brothels and in Swipok um, doing murals out there. This has been a pattern, inner city San Francisco project. Yep. Um, and I could go on and on and on. So that's been kind of my heart where God has always used my art to bring hope and joy to the downcast mm. and brokenhearted. Mm. And, and that's where, that's what paradise happened. And, um, and then Kobe Bryant, you know, it's like, I, I didn't even, I completely appreciated Kobe, but I didn't even like him because I was a Sacramento Kings guy, you know, and they beat up on the Kings. It totally sucks way back then. <laughs> but um, but I, but the city was broken. And the yeah. city really appreciated that mural that I did in, in West Hollywood. And then the George Floyd. You I mean, know, that's I, recent. I mean, how many did, that was just, you just did that. A week ago. Yeah. And it was played at his funeral in Houston, Texas. It was wow. one of the images that was in his video. Um, you know, that's, that's, I'm not a guy that's going to put my fist in the air or I have to say black lives matter, or I have to do the black, you know, the, on, on Instagram, I'm more of a guy that wants to just go do something. I Mm. care about black people. My, my wife and I go to a multiracial church on purpose, you know, here in LA, we, we love different races. We, I mean, we're all created in God's image. Yeah. Um, and it sucks that, oh, he's black or he, I'm, I'm white or he's Asian, you know, and that's kind of this thing that a lot of us have going. But, you know, I'd like to work on that to where it's just like you're a human being, you know, you're right. You know, you're a father, you're a husband. Um, and so Do you, um, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. For me, I mean, seeing that video, of what happened to George Floyd, I had to do some, I had to do a rest in peace, George Floyd. And mm. a great location of West Hollywood. And it's been awesome because the African-American community really appreciated that mural greatly in many ways on Instagram. I'm constantly tagged on it. And that, and that means a lot to me. It means a lot to me that I spoke, I spoke out in my way. Yes, man. That's so good. That's so good. And in your, you're teaching your daughters. I mean, do you pause and talk to them? you know, like you're going to go do this. Do you have conversations as a family and you're saying, all right, this is what I'm doing. And this is why do you guys talk about the George Floyd thing? Yeah. We talk about all the issues, the hard issues, because I see that in a lot of families that parents seem to not involve their kids in hard issues. Wherever you stand politically, I mean, politically racism, sexuality, um, you know, so we have stances, we have biblical stances that, we believe strongly in, and we communicate that with our, our daughters. But we also communicate what uh, different sides will will say because it's all over media, it's all over right. entertainment. 
And, and so we're very open about all those issues because no matter where you stand, issues are being crammed down our kids' throats and mm. entertainment and, and media and things like that. And so we're not going to, we don't want to be oblivious to any of those things and we want to communicate as a family. Yeah, I love it. Which that really leads to my next question is what do you believe the role of the father is? Well, I believe the role of the father is, you know, especially as a Christian, because I've, I've seen a lot of Christians where it's just the Bible's uh, crammed down the kids' throats and then they rebel and they go away. You know, I'm somebody that's in the arts and the entertainment market. I'm out. I'm, I'm a man, but I'm a Christian. You know, yeah. I'm not a Christian artist, uh, if that makes sense. And that, that's totally for me to communicate that. Uh, and. Uh, I, that's what I'm instilling in my family. I feel like that I'm the one that can, my wife and I, we steer where our, we communicate, I'm trying to explain it. Um, we communicate, but open dialogue with our daughters. You know, this is what we're feeling. This is what's going on politically right now. We'll pray. We'll pray for the president. We'll pray for leaders. We pray for George, George Floyd's family. Um, so we strategically do these things so our girls are not oblivious to what's going on in our world. Yeah. Yeah. As you share it, you know, cause we, the, you know, it sounds like you really strive to be a guide. So like the role yeah. of the dad, you really have taken this as a guide, not a dictator. This is how it is. This is what it is, but I'm going to take what I know and I'm going to teach you, but I'm also going to teach you all things, you know, all the different aspects because I want to be your guide um, which I just love. I mean, that's like, I think my favorite term for, for the role of the father. Um, and so I love, I love how you're doing that. Um, this podcast is fatherhood field notes. We're already doing it right. You're opening up your field notes, sharing your life with us men, us dads. So we cannot feel alone. I think so much of the time men feel alone. Um, and, and our world is desperate for fathers. And so that's what this is about. And the mantra is rebel and create, which really was birthed in me in 2015. You know, I wanted to rebel against the status quo of expectations set for me, either by myself or the church or the world as a father. And I wanted to create the life um, that I felt I could create for my family. So on a small scale or a large scale, what's something that you are rebelling against and what do you hope to create out of this? Oh, gosh, there's, you know, there's a lot of things. But the first thing that pops to my mind is we have not had cable. This is my oh, interesting. This is my own personal opinion. But we have not had cable um, our whole marriage. You know, for me personally, I don't want to see TNA all the time. Um, I have to guard my heart from that. Yeah. Also, I, I don't like what a lot of programs, a lot of like a lot of the TV shows, the, the father is weak. The father yep. is not involved. The father, you know, the, the, the mother is strong and has all the answers. My wife is amazing. I, my wife tells me what to do all the time. I'm fine with that. I, I'm not a, you know, power over women at all. My wife right, works right. together, but men aren't weak. Men mm. are valuable. You know, yep. men have a strong place in the family system. And so I chose to not do that because I didn't want my girls constantly seeing that they're not beautiful enough. Um, TNA, like I already said, and also just uh, family values. I don't feel like are valued 
in our world today. Yeah. Uh, so that I really rebel against that. We can set our own standards, standards, and we do. The more that I'm a dad, that they see me kissing my wife in front of them, slapping her on the butt when she goes into the kitchen. My girls love that, you know, because I'm showing that I'm passionate. I'm, I'm loving my wife. And then when I have conversations with them at the dinner table um, about the world or what's going on or what I just worked on that day, they just light up. You know, they, mm. they want to hear stories. They want to hear me communicate to them. Yeah. Um, so you're rebelling. I mean, media is a huge one. And it sounds like you're just you're really trying to be intentional to create really a safe, stable home. Yeah. I mean, in a world that is really hard to do that. Yeah. Screw media. I'm, I'm like, no, I can I can do anything I want in my own home. Yeah. Be the greatest dad that I, I choose to be. Man, that's awesome. I, I dig that. Um, as an artist, you know, I wanted to spend a few minutes talking with you about, you know, so many men find their, you know, identity and you kind of made mention of this a little bit ago, but they find their identity in their career. And like you said, you know, your job or career is also your passion. So how much more you could find yourself just giving every bit of energy and creativity to your work and then your family suffering. So I'm sure that's been kind of a dance the last 15 years. Talk to me about that. And, and how can we help other dads not give everything they've got outside their home? Yeah, it has been a dance. And I appreciate my wife. My wife is, I call her a tiger, tigress. <laughs> she won't put up with me working too much. Um, and, but, but she also gives me freedom, you know, like, mm. like paradise. I, I drove up to paradise in the year 2019, 13 times, you know, gone for wow. from LA. That's a far. To, yeah. Three days at a time. Uh, she believed in me and what I was doing, but, uh, <laughs> I totally just lost. What did you, what'd you ask me again? No. So I was asking you, you know, about your, about how you manage not giving all of your creativity and identity to your, your job yeah, and your, so your passion. That's it's, it's a constant battle, battle and balance because social media is exhausting. I have to create artwork and then I have to show the world that that's my artwork. Right. And it's just sometimes I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just don't want to do that anymore. But um, it's well, let me a, ask you, this. go ahead. Intentionality. You have to be intentional about it. And that's why I bring my daughters on some of the gigs. Yeah. Like, so so was there a time you could think where it's like, dude, you were just not giving your family your energy and you were giving it to your work and your wife called you out? Oh, gosh, when I had my own business, I mean, I'm, I have my own business now. It's different. But when I had SG Studios, it was mainly all about um, theme park work. I was I was the sales guy. I, I was the guy that brought in all the work. I went yeah. from being four guys to 55 people on payroll in 2016, and I was dying. I hated it. Um, and, and, and so I was the one traveling, schmoozing, shaking hands, kissing babies, bringing in yeah. the work, doing the contracts, and then hiring people and getting the team to go. So right there, you know, I had a studio. I had a building. Uh, equipment, all that stuff. And there were times when traveling, I mean, there were, and then I would come home from traveling 
And then I might have a, a live event where I'm painting live. And there's a couple of times my wife's like, no, you know, I, I'm dying. You know, you need to be here. And it was hard. If she wouldn't have done that, I, I would have still went because I, my mindset was all in. Like I'm on, I'm a train. I'm just moving forward. I got to keep going. I got to, I got to keep. So going. how, how'd you put her first? How did you say no to those other things and put her first? Like, it, it sounds like it didn't bum you out. It it didn't, you know, because I I want my wife to love me. I, I want to have a great relationship. I put it this way. I'm 48 now. 20 years from now, I'm 68. And I want my wife uh, in love with me. I want that same look that she has when she looks at me when I walk in the house. You know, I want my daughters going, I love you, Daddy, you know, uh, 20 years from now. And that that I keep that focus. It's like, okay, well, am I am I feeding that? You know, that's so huge. I mean, what makes you care? Why do you care? Well, I I know that's like a total wrench throw at you, but so many guys, it's like we don't pause and think about that. We don't pause and go, okay, I'm 48. In in 20 years, I want my wife to love me still. And and to know that I have to feed that. I think we all want that. Like if I were to pause and have a self-reflection, I would say I want that. But how do you constantly keep that at the forefront of your mind where it's it's the day in and day out that I'm con- consistently being the man my wife is still going to want to be around, that my daughters are still going to want to have a relationship with. It comes to deep heart issues and it's the counseling. Why did I go to counseling? Mm. Because I did not have a relationship with my dad. Yeah. I always wanted one. And I felt like I wasn't good. I wasn't good as good as my brother. I, c- I could have never been um, whatever that reason is. And I know what that feels like to not feel loved, not feel like I'm good or worth anything. Yeah, yeah. And that, excuse me, <clears throat> that made me very competitive growing up, makes me competitive now. I'm constantly competing to win the favor of dad, if he's there or not. And uh, I don't want that to, that's not going to happen with my family. My family's, my daughters are never going to understand that. They're going to understand unconditional love, they're going to understand um, balance of love, loving each one of their sisters and not favoring uh, a different sister. Um, and so, yeah, I hope that answers the question. No, I mean, it, it, it totally answers the question. I mean, as I hear your heart, I just go, us men need to decide, you know, hopefully it's not this, you know, I had kind of a rough story and had a lot of hard feelings, I mean, you know, that sets me there. I mean, thank God that that's the man you became and not, like you said, just the same as your stepdad was or God forbid how your dad, you know, um, ended. But how do we, you know, really remind ourselves what do we want in life and remind ourselves in the day to day? We all want that. As a man, I want to be needed, loved, respected, valued. And those things come from being that constant in your family with your wife and your kids, um, so I love hearing you talk about it and you talk about it. And when I ask you why, it's almost like dumbfounded, like, what do you mean? Why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's, I mean, but if every man felt that way about their family, do you think our world would look like it does right now? No, there's a lot of issues because of lack of fathers. Oh my. Yeah. I mean, in the United States, one in four kids are in a fatherless home. Yeah. 
Like, dude, we, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, okay. So do you find that you're in a groove now with your work or are you constantly having to kind of check in with yourself to not go all in on your work and leave your family behind? No, I feel like I'm in a groove and I'm on my own now. I don't have a company that I'm running with employees. I, it's just me. And so I, I work as a freelancer with a lot of companies throughout L.A. And then I, I get gigs all the time. So it's great because I can design at home and I'm around my family. Like today I had breakfast with my family. Nice. Um, and then I my two-car garage is my painting studio. I can paint there. And then I – but when I take off, my, my wife is like – she's absolutely amazing. Even if I've got to go away for a week because I'm home a lot. Mm. Uh, but if I'm like, I got a gig in Kansas city, then I'm going to go do the gig. I'm providing for my family. She knows that I'm checking in every day. Um, you know, just FaceTiming or calling and, yeah. and then I'm home and then I'm home for a week. So I, I've got a unique situation. So when you're at home though, do you, have you had to put, um, like practices in place such as, you know, I only am on my computer or my phone from this time to this time or at five o'clock I'm done. Um, or is it more free flow with the work and you just try to be in tune with it? Yeah, we are a free flow type of family. Um, I do, uh, in the evenings, unless if I've got like a tight deadline, I'll, I'll communicate. So communication is the big deal. Mm. Um, like I'll communicate with Missy, my wife, and I'll just say, okay, I've got this design that's got to get done by Friday. So are you cool if I work a little late? And then, yeah, and then she'll take the girls to the park or they'll watch a movie or do something. And she's good. So communication's huge. Letting my wife make her feel like she's a part of the process. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of times, if I can cut out, I'm just going to cut out around five. And then I'll take the girls to the park. We'll do something as a family, eat dinner together. And sometimes I might even get back on the computer or go in the garage and, and work on a project. But I'm, but I'm always telling Missy, you know, communication. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's huge. What about rest? You know, as I hear you talk and the travel and the, and the work and the family, do you have to systematically put rest in, uh, for you and for your family or to like get away from the work? I like, well, I, I struggle with rest. Um, I, I, I do sleep, you know, I get at least seven hours, usually a night, um, I'm pretty consistent that way, regimented, but, um, I, I'm going, 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 going. I mean, I, I'm freelance. I'm a freelance artist, right? You're living in LA with a family, <laughs> you know, it's like, so it's like, ah, I got to keep going, keep going. And, <clears throat> but, um, I'm really good at, um, like, you know, we're going to have our anniversary. So we're driving all the way back up to Northern California. Our girls are going to go stay with them. Uh, my mother-in-law, and then we're going to have a hotel and just be together, you know, for like nice. two days. Um, or we'll take a trip on us. We, we go to the beach. You know, my wife looks at me and goes, hey, I really want to go to the beach. And can we call our friends and go meet them there? Yeah, of course. Because she, she has a lot of grace for me, and I want to make sure that I'm supporting her the same way. So, Man, I, I love it. Just It seems like – you know, it's just, it's, it's awesome to hear, you know, you, your wisdom 
in being intentional with your family. And really, it seems like you have found a way to be in tune um, with your spouse's needs, especially, uh, which is really incredible because I think so much of the time us men can really get into a lane, especially in our careers and our jobs where we just get in a lane focus. And it's like, well, I'm providing, so this is what's important. Um, and it seems as though you have really figured out a way to have your eyes open to not just your stuff, but your family stuff. And that's something that I'm constantly working on, you know, be aware of what their needs are. Yeah. My girls are very, um, they need like their quality time girls, especially my youngest. Mm. And so I'm doing things where I'm watching, I'll have a movie night, but I, I used to be able to get away with a date night with my girls, with all three of them when they're younger, you know, we'd go to yeah. the mall, we'd, we'd eat at Panda Express, we'd go to the play area and there's two, two and a half hours. My wife gets a break. I'm with my girls. I've been doing that for years. Um, but now they're at a place where uh, I want my own time. Mm. Okay. Okay. So this is going to be more work and more thought. So we're right. movie nights with individual girls. I'm on my youngest daughter tonight. Uh, we're going to watch Hook. Um, and then, Such a good movie. Yeah. So awesome. Um, and then my youngest doesn't want to go. She doesn't want to work. I, I, she's funny. I, I joke and say she needs to marry a rich guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's just, she's just all about dressing beautiful. My hair. How's it look? Right. Oh, baby. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> but my two oldest, they, they like going to jobs with me and working with me. Mm, and so nice. that's another way that, you know, I'm bringing them in and, and trying to involve them more. And I do have to say something, to be very honest, I, I video all of my projects, you know, I time lapse, I have GoPros and I noticed that I'm kind of an asshole with my girls. Huh. And I really shocked me. I'm like, I sound like a jerk. Um, and I did not like it because I'm as an artist, I've always had a work ethic and I started out in construction in high school. So I understand the process of, a project. And so I'm a machine. You know, it's like, I, I've got a lot to do. You know, I'm traveling, I've got equipment, I've got paint. You got to go, you got to get it there. You got to start your outline and get you all your colors and go. And you're doing social media. So I'm like a go, 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 go. And my girls, when they're with me, they slow me down because now I got to teach and I've got to be patient. They don't know how to use a spray can. They don't know how to right. paint and open up the lid. And and so when I was I was editing a video and I was hearing myself like, come on, let's go, you know, move faster. And I'm like, holy crap, I don't like me. And uh, so that's caused me to really see that uh, I need to keep doing this because it's not only good for my daughter's. Mm, but it's good yeah. for me. And I need to Dude, that's that's incredible because it's the fatherhood journey is also about you becoming the best version of you. And how incredible that you you videoed that stuff and that you were able to like look, you know, time machine back and see yourself and then be able to course correct the things that you didn't like. Yeah. And I think it's cool for our kids to see that we're constantly growing and that we don't have it all figured out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love telling my daughters that because, you know, we all hear the stories where we we 
grow up and we become adults and then we finally look at our parents and go, wow, they don't really know everything. <laughs> so I tell my girls, we don't have all the answers. I, and I don't tell them specific stuff, but I'm like, I have protection on my computer. This is why we don't have cable. Daddy needs to protect his own heart. Hmm. Just like, because we have to teach them. I mean, they've got to be careful right. computer. Right. Stuff's popping up, pornography, whatever. And, yep. you know, so I will say, mommy and daddy have to watch our hearts just like we're telling you to watch your own heart. Yeah. Dude, and I think leadership in our world, that has really been where it's fallen apart is us having this perception that they have it all figured out and they, their crap doesn't stink. It's like, no, good leadership is transparent. I mean, obviously, like you said, to an extent, right? You're not sharing, you know, at age appropriate stuff. Yeah. Um, but that's good leadership. Right. That's be, because if we're not showing it to them, then they're going to show up as adults and be like, holy crap, I don't have it all figured out. My dad did, you know, realizing yeah. that really you, you, did, you didn't. Not, yeah. Or why the hell did they not tell me that it's hard? Right. Right. <laughs> or they didn't have all the answers. Yeah, man. That's so good. So last two questions. Tell me um, about the project you did. I think you did it in like the Redwoods and it was a Star Wars project and it looked like it was you and your daughter uh, doing something. What was that all about? Yeah, that was an awesome project. So my daughter, Eliana, she's my oldest. Uh, she loves Star Wars and well, they all do, but she's like, she knows more about Star Wars than I do. And that must be a lot. Cause you're even wearing a Star Wars t-shirt right now. Dude, Come on. Rock and Vader right there, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I'm trying to like, so my, when I do paid projects, I'm always doing projects in between that are building my resume. Or they are portfolio builders or they're just generating, they're generating fans. And I got right. a ton of fans off of that uh, art installation. And, but I wanted to do something Star Wars and art installation. And I thought, man, wouldn't it be cool on Carrie Fisher's birthday to paint Carrie Fisher out in the Redwoods where they filmed Return of the Jedi. Mm. And, uh, and of course, Ellie was just all crazy about it. And I painted Carrie Fisher on plexiglass and and I chose the outfit that she wore it was kind of her Ewok princess outfit okay cool yeah and uh and she's looking up and I found this perfect photo and then we went out there but that was like uh that was a three-day trip so we drove up there we did some Facebook posts and uh, before I went up there I just kept it kind of um, really not given a lot of information, you know, but we're going to do an art installation and, but we stayed in the hotel and she just loved all that stuff. You want to get some, oh, man. we got star yeah. in the morning. She's helping me find the location. And, and again, I got to be patient, you know, and I found myself being impatient on a couple times, but then backing up going, you know, this is great for both of us. And, and she's a part of this with me. And, uh, she, it, it, it meant everything to her. Yeah. All the posts from that time just look like she was just so lit up and that you guys were having the best time. But what I love about your honesty is I think so much of the time we'll hear a story from somebody. It's just like, Oh, it was this epic three day trip with my kid and it was all perfect. And, and, and then we go show up and we're like, yeah, I get a little frustrated with my kid or things don't work out exactly as I planned. And so your honesty and transparency around that's good because that's real life, right? Your day is not going to just be 
unicorns and rainbows. There's going to be things that happen that doesn't make it. It doesn't make you a bad dad or an imperfect dad. The reality is we're all human. And so you acknowledge that and you continue to move in that. So I think it's so cool because we need to set that time aside with our kids and just go whatever it is. Yeah. And, and, and be willing to adjust and be willing yeah. to know that you're, you know, you're doing something wrong or, or look at that mirror, you know, the video, the, bring a GoPro with you. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't like myself. Yeah. I think it's important to be, to pay attention, right? Since you're not videoing yourself every day, all day, pay attention to what you're doing and ask if you like it or not. How do you feel? Um, dude, so good. All right. My last question. All right. Uh, 20, 25 years from now, you're standing outside of the homes of your three girls. When you peer into the homes, what is the legacy that you see that you left? So not financial, but when you see them operating with their spouse and their kids and, and how they're doing life, what are the things you're going to see that you know that you implanted into their character? Well, I, I pray not every day, but I, I pray a lot about their future husbands. And I, I, I ask God that he would give my girls a husband that loves God that and that adores, loves and adores my girls and doesn't have skeletons in their closets, you know, and mm. that's really the three things I pray because other than that, it's life. There's just life. Yeah. And in, in that simplicity, I'm pretty simple in that it did, like I said earlier, I just, I want my daughter still going, I love you, daddy, and kissing me on the lips like they do now because they feel comfortable. They feel secure. They know that I love them and it's evident, you know, when my daughters crawl up into my arms and, and, or they swing their dress because they want me to look at them and go, yes, you look gorgeous. You look beautiful. Yeah. You know, I, I, I still want them doing that when I'm 25 or 25 years from now. And yeah. that to me says that I, I, I'm a great dad and I'm an awesome dad. And, and I want the same thing with my wife. And, you know, we, it, it's just important to constantly work on that, but I, we're not going to have what? kids around us, you know? And say, say that again. We're not going to what? We're not going to have our kids around us. So right. it's going to be my yeah. wife and I. So when you said, um, you said this to me before, you want your girls to know that you loved their mom. Um, and, and when I was talking to you about legacy and I thought, man, for them to know what it feels like to be loved and to see what a healthy marriage looks like. I just thought that was really a powerful thing to say, like that mattered to you, that you really want your girls to see what it was like for you to love their mom. Yeah, you know, we all on social media, and and I, we all see the friend that the the spouse or marriage that we're friends with, and one day it's like single, right? We're going, these guys. What do you mean? These guys were amazing. They're amazing together. Okay, this sucks. What happened? And and I think that reality. It, it affects me deeply emotionally and, and cause I don't, oh, yeah. it, especially when there's yeah. kids involved for and, sure. And for people listening to this podcast and have already gone through, it's not a judgment. It's just, it's pain, you know, it's pain right. all the way around. And 
that is another reflection for me that like that is real. That's real. If I don't take care of my marriage, if I mm. don't work on my own heart, if I'm not transparent, if I'm not, you know, trying to work with the things that frustrate my wife and or my daughters or, and continue to work on my marriage, uh, because we're all susceptible to that. But we have to just choose daily to constantly work on building our relationships with our wives. Yeah. Our spouses. Oh, man, this has been super good. Um, I thank you so much for taking time to talk about fatherhood and marriage and manhood. And dude, I just, I'm inspired by the way that you love your wife, the way that you love your girls and the way that you continue to self-reflect and continue to go. I want to be better tomorrow than I am today but not in a way that it's like you're down on yourself today. You know, yeah. it's like, uh, and even, yeah, even your spontaneity with your family, dude, just keep being yourself, keep being creative and sharing your gifts with the world and, and with your, with your girls and your spouse. Um, and dude, you're an inspiration seeing all your work. Um, and that knowing behind all that is a, is, is a man who is also putting that same level of creativity and energy into his family. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I do want to say one last thing. I mean, if I if I see you in a mall again, I'm still going to. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you're the best, man. I love it that you you have fun. You have fun around <laughs> your creative intentionality. <laughs> Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, I love you, man. It's good seeing you. Yeah, you too. Thanks. What another amazing conversation around fatherhood. It's so amazing to be able to look at somebody like Shane where you see just this beautiful, amazing, creative art and be able to peel back some layers and see one of the most important roles that he's going to play in his entire life is his role as a father. I mean, he's passing down a legacy that he chose to live a certain way, no matter his circumstances, no matter how he felt as a kid, he's gonna change those because he wants to give something different, something important and valuable to his daughters that they can then in turn give to their families. Love it, love it. And that goes for each one of us. What are we giving our children? What are we being so intentional about that we are having our eyes open to not just ourselves, but to those around us, and especially those placed in our care? Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to Rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in the craft of fatherhood. And as always, please share it if you liked it. Write a review. Go follow us on Instagram and Facebook so you can stay in tune with all that we're doing. Like right now, we're doing the Father's Day gift, the Adventure of Fatherhood box. It's so amazing. Um, it's going to be available for a few more days to get there before Father's Day. And then after Father's Day, we're going to continue it on for new dads. So if you know a new dad, you could order them a killer gift, welcoming them into fatherhood. And I have a short form podcast that I put out every Friday called Craft of Fatherhood, where I just spend 10 to 15 minutes answering questions emailed to me by fathers. And I shouldn't really say answer. I should say discuss because I definitely don't have all the answers. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. I look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you.